With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okie dokie. Welcome back to the program. So, uh, when he feels it's okay, not necessarily necessary, but when he feels like it, when the mood takes him, Adrian Prezenko wanders across all 150, 160 metres from the Channel 9 building and makes his way into the studios here at North Sydney. He's done it today. Hello, AP. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Ah, fantastic. Look at that bright start. Now, our talk topic today, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy, who's that other Hemsworth? Poor Liam. Uh, Dougie in Melbourne. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's going to be a little bit dangerous. But you think you might have a nomination. Uh, in terms of brothers, not so – brothers of famous brothers? Well, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, so I played some very ordinary cricket for Smithfield, sort of C grade, D yes, grade back yes. in the day. And Hang on, what were you? Leg spinner? I did bowl a, a little bit of leggies, but mainly as a batter. But, right. But, yeah, um, it was I, – I soon found that my calling was uh, – Writing about sport rather than playing. <laughs> right. <it. So> yes. <laughs> it, a, it, it came as a painful shock to me, but we got there. Um, we had a, a keeper who was quite chirpy. Um, his name was Rodney or Prod, as we called him. Uh, he was the brother of Harry Kuehl. Really? Yes. So he played a, you know, we played quite a lot of cricket Harry together. Harry wow. Yeah. He was, um, he was good value. Right. Really good value. Well, I mean, Harry Kuehl was an out and out rock star back yes. in the day. And this was when he was at the peak of really? his fame. Okay. Yes. The Leeds Liverpool period there. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. What was his name? Prodders. Prodders. Rodney. Prodders. Yeah, Rod. Rodney. All right. Uh very good. Now, uh how many Facebook followers do you have? How many Twitter followers? Because apparently this is not, very important over in the not UK. Not very many. Uh, but you'd want to have some if you're one of those super league clubs on the cusp of potentially relegation, if you're a maybe a Castleford or or one of those ones. So at the moment, they're going through a criteria, a process. Who's they? They is in the Super League. Right. Uh, they have engaged a, a management firm, IMG. Yes. Uh, and they will look at a whole series of, of matrix uh, in terms of, you know, if you want to be in the top flight, these are the boxes you need to tick. And it's a lot of it's traditional stuff like on-field performance, infrastructure, uh, fan base, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the criteria or, or part of the, the process is Facebook followers, Instagram followers right. and the like, yep. um, which is, you know, I think that there's some merit in it as long as it's weighted correctly, of course. Right. Surely um, on-field performance is heavily weighted. Yeah, absolutely. But also, I mean, you know, if, if that was the matrix for the NRL three years ago, you'd probably relegate the Broncos, wouldn't you? They got the wooden spoon. That's true. And then, yes. you know, a yes. couple of years later, they're, they're playing in a grand final. So. Yep. Again, you've got to take all of these things with a grain of salt. But um, I just found that interesting that, you know, the amount of people that are, um, yeah, you talk about fandom and, and Twitter. I mean, does a, a club have more right to exist because it has slightly more 
Twitter followers than another club. Mm. So I don't know. I think it's, it can be dangerous territory if you read too much into it. And look, we, we had a bit of fun with it this morning. I've just put a, a story up on the Herald website where I looked at the figures and mm. which clubs may be in trouble in the NRL oh. if that was simply the only indice or matrix. Right. Okay. So who are the clubs at the top? Who are the clubs that need to work on it? Yeah, so the clubs that are big, like, and we're talking sort of Instagram, Facebook, yep. LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. So Brisbane, top of the pops. Wow. Um, the interesting one with Brisbane is that Reese Walsh has almost as many Instagram followers as the Broncos do, which also speaks to the fact that the young kiddies today are following players, individual yes. superstars, Yep. Almost as much as they are teams. I think I'm right in saying Brighton Tottenham has many more followers on Instagram than any NRL clubs, and Caelan Ponga is even in front of Brian Tottenham. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So that speaks to that. So look, Brisbane have got a, uh, they're top of the pops. They've yep. got a really big following. Uh, Melbourne, South Sydney, Warriors. Warriors is an interesting one for me. In that, yes. You know, that I think that, that they're sort of fourth with a bullet. Yep. Um, and, and then Parramatta and North Queensland. And then on the other end of the scale, um, you've got Newcastle, Manly, Dragons, and Dolphins are right at the bottom. And, and Dolphins is understandable sure. in that they're only a new franchise and still garnering support and new fans. Okay, so it's Dolphins dra- as we come from the bottom up. Yep, Dolphins, Dolphins. Dragons. Dragons! Mm, which is interesting. I mean, the Red V is such... Exactly. You know, uh, a renowned, famous symbol... One of the great trademarks you would have thought in Australian sport. However, it's a long time ago since they had that success. And then that translates into what is the age of the average follower of the St. George Illawarra Dragons? I think that would be interesting too. Absolutely. And and again, all of this speaks to, like for instance, um, so much credence is given to traditional broadcast numbers. Like people yes. who sit in front of their TV and, and watch their their rugby league and consume it that way. Whereas now more and more people are, are doing it through all of these other yeah. streaming services, etc. And I don't think we probably weight that highly enough. Yep. You know, it's, it's always when we talk about broadcast deals, the traditional bo- broadcast numbers, which I, th- I think are becoming less relevant. Yes, they are. And Trent Thomas talks about this every Monday uh, from Media Week with us. And uh, we do not get streaming figures from any sport. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, they've, they like to hold them tight because they're direct numbers and you can actually extrapolate that out to almost profitability. The other the other reason that they don't like giving out these streaming numbers, especially around sport, is because KO dominates, mm. absolutely smashes. So every bit of sport that I watch is on KO. Yeah. But I think the same can probably be said to an extent with radio ratings in that so exactly. many people are listening to podcasts. They might not listen to this show with us today live, but they might do it on the car, in the way home, on the app. So yep. again, that's you know, that deserves a, a certain weighting as well. That's exactly right. So interesting around so are they persisting with promotion and relegation over there in the UK Super League? That's what they're they're looking to do, yeah. Okay. All right. They've got a, so many problems over there. The yes. great the game is shrinking in England. And the money available and therefore the the law for NRL players to go over there yeah. is diminishing. Correct, uh, which then becomes a, a cycle. Uh, what about the, we were talking about it earlier, the eyeballs in the USA. So if we've got a shrinking market over there in the UK, can we make it a growing market in the USA? Well, we're coming from a very low base. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, look, to his credit, Peter Volandis is a doer. I mean, as we speak, he's he's. I believe he might be whining and dining with the president of the United States of America. There you which, go. I mean, this is a, a person who was one of the last people ever granted an audience with the Queen. Yes. So um, he's certainly moving in the right circles, and um, he was a guest of Prime Minister Albanese. Yes. And that relationship's really interesting too, because there's also that whole. PNG piece where, yep. again, Peter Volandis is playing a role in geopolitics. <laughs> of course he is. I wouldn't expect anything less. So, look, you know, he is leveraging this to yep. the max, and so he should. I, I mean, this is an incredible opportunity to take a game yep. into Las Vegas, see what sort of support we have. It's you know, hopefully the first of a five-year arrangement. Um, most of the tickets, I understand, that have been sold to date have been Australians that want to travel across. Yep. Um, and obviously, as we get closer to that kickoff date for the double header, um, they'll ramp up the promotion in the US. Well, Brandy and I had a whole conversation around this and, and asked the listeners to help us out with how do you promote rugby league in America? There's no point taking Nico Hines and Reese Walsh, no matter how popular. It doesn't they matter. Don't, they, they don't know who they are. So you know who they came up with? Mm. Chris Hemsworth. Yep. And Margot Robbie. Yep. And, and Margot, this vision of Margot Robbie, apparently Michelle Bishop exclusively revealed on the program that she's a Bulldogs fan, mm. but there is vision of Margot Robbie in a Queensland State of Origin jersey too. That's that's gold. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, we talked about, I think, you know, on a Saturday once where, you know, they're talking about the Kid Leroy. Yes. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, Nicole Kidman's another one who's, you know, instantly recognisable, Australian. Yep. I don't know if she's a... North Sydney Bears supporter or otherwise, <laughs> She She might still be bitter at the league. <laughs> she could well be. Yes, for her um, Bears. But, but if you can somehow engage some of those big names, because all of a sudden it transcends the sport and totally. brings in all sorts of different fans who, who may want to learn more about rugby league. Uh, and I like the idea of giving it to a broadcaster. You need to have standing on the shoulder of giants, right? You need someone yep. to give you a hand with that, with that promotion. What's the latest with Josh Adokar? And why does Ryan Madison's name always get dragged into these things, Adrian? Um, yeah, interesting one. So Parramatta are interested should Josh Adokar become available, but they've got no salary cap space. Right. So how do they make it happen? Yep. So it has been floated potentially, you know, would the Bulldogs be interested if Ryan Madison you know, wanted to come that way? Yep. But my understanding is the Bulldogs have no interest in Ryan Madison, They, which a little bit surprises me because – they really need some forwards, don't they? Um, they might decide that they want, you know, a, a front rower or that that would be their priority. Um, mm -hmm. But as it stands, they they don't want Ryan Madison. But that's not to say that, one, Josh Adekar will still be a Bulldog next year. No. And there are plenty of other clubs that are kicking his tyres should he be available. And, and they include Newcastle. Uh, the Dragons are, are looking on with interest as well as are West Tigers. And we had earlier a quote from Michael Carianis from The Breakfast Show this morning, and he talked about there are elements of the Bulldogs that uh, he believes would be happy to let Josh Adokar. Well, it doesn't matter what element it is. It's, there's two people. Mm. Well, it's probably one person, but it's it's Phil Gould and Cameron Serraldo. Absolutely. Well, that's all that counts. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I sort of – I know that um, Josh Adokar has, has been in the news for all the wrong reasons with social media posts, his yep. involvement in the – um, Corey knockout. Um, but he's one of their best players and he has scored tries at a club that has really struggled to get across the line. Yep. And I know that they had the baby come to Jesus talk recently where Gus got him in and said, look, I, you're a senior player and I need more out of you. 
Um, but as it stands, you know, I don't want you to go. I'm not shopping you around. I want you to be a, a bulldog and to really put in and have a big off season. Um, but at the same time, we keep hearing, um, you know, that the, not everyone's on the same page with uh, with that. Not not everyone's sticking to that script at the Bulldogs. And Josh Adokar at his best on the field and even perhaps more importantly uh, and more significantly off the field is fantastic for your club. Well, but you t- there's just been a couple of yeah. missteps. Well, you talk about off the field. Like he has made more than a million dollars in selling his Let's Trot merchandise. Good on him. He's the NRL Entrepreneur of the Year. So there is, you know... Um, he, he has got a cult following with yes. a fan base and he has parlayed that commercially in a really, really clever way. So the other thing is if you – that's a hard sell. If you release Josh Adokar, you will want something big in return or yeah. you want to use that money to, to, to get a big scout because you know, they haven't, there's not much on the open market. No. They have struggled to, to get big-name players. I know that they've got Reed Marnie and you know, Viliami Kikau and, and obviously Stephen Crichton's coming as well. But it's a tough market if you're a bottom-placed club. And I dare say that the new rules around signing the 10-day, you know, for want of a better word, cooling-off period, I think it's going to make it a lot tougher for the clubs at the bottom end of the ladder to prize yeah. a top marquee out of one of the top clubs. If you're Josh Adokar and you're thinking, right, I'm going to play on the left wing for the Bulldogs this year, and you've got Matt Burton at six, and you've got Viliami Kikau as your left-edge back rower, and then swooping around the back is Stephen Crichton who'll be able to deliver, you think, well, hang on, this is actually pretty good. Mm. This is actually pretty good. Yeah, but is there more upside at a, a club that's already in the top of or close to the top eight, like a Parramatta that was in a grand final not long ago, Newcastle, who seem to be on the improve. Mm. And again, as I mentioned, like those clubs you know, will potentially have to uh, release a player or, or enter into a swap arrangement to afford him. Thank you for making the effort to come across. We do appreciate it. Pleasure. Fantastic. Uh, no, you're not on Saturday. That's it. You've no. given up your weekend work now, haven't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. No <laughs> yeah, well it's done. It's that time of year. <laughs> exactly. You enjoy yourself. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Adrian Prezenko there, the Chief Rugby League Reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald. All right. Your thoughts on Adrian's thoughts. We'll go to the news and then we're back with a score update with Coach Key.